Welcome to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. worship and he's there doing worship I'm sitting next to my fiance we're gonna get married real soon and and he kept looking over at Kathleen and I'm looking at him like what are you doing I'm thinking I'm thinking keep your eyes on Jesus you know it's like <laughs> and then I thought you know I'm closing my eyes I'm trying to worship this is a true story I'm trying to worship the Lord and I look up and he keeps looking at her and I'm looking at her like are you looking at him what's going on I'm like what is happening here <laughs> And I didn't date for five years. I, the Lord just said, put dating on the altar. That's fine. And I'm just seeking the Lord. So I never had to deal with these emotions. And I'm looking and thinking, and then this jealousy is just, you know, coming out. And I'm thinking, I'm just like, not myself. And after the, I didn't even, the teaching, I didn't hear, talking about not hearing this, the study, I didn't hear one word of the whole study that was going on. And after it, I was like, you know, giving my wife the what for, and why is he looking at you, and all this. She goes, I don't know, and I'm, and I'm just like in this rage thing, and I'm just getting upset, and I'm like, I can't believe this, and da, da, da. And then I, you know, when I finally calmed down and repented and everything like that, I realized that because my wife's a wonderful singer, and I think he was just looking to make sure he was doing okay or something like that. It wasn't anything. The guy's married, kids. He's a great guy. He's a friend of mine now. So it's, it was just not found. Nothing was... It was my jealous mind. And I'll never forget what happened. As I'm in this terrible state of mind and sin and, and trying to justify why I was right, my wife looked at me and with all sincerity, with tears in her eyes, crying, saying, please don't leave me. And it crushed me. I never experienced that kind of love before in my life. I go, what do you mean, don't leave you? She says, don't leave me. And I'm like, I wouldn't leave you. What do you mean? And, And then the Lord spoke to me. Repent, repent. I want to deliver you from that ugliness. And I did. And that was like almost 21 years ago. God delivered me from that ugliness of jealousy and rage and all that. But it was a still small voice. He, he spoke to me just through my wife. Just repent, turn from that. I, I'm showing you this because it's ugly. I'm showing you this because it's not of me. I'm showing you this because I want to deliver you. I'm not showing you this to, to condemn you. I'm convicting you because I want to deliver you from this. Another time I think about the Lord speaking a friend of mine, a good friend of mine, went to be with the Lord about a year and a half ago. And I met him for lunch probably a few weeks before he passed away. He had cancer, and the doctors did whatever they could to save him, but they couldn't do anything. And he was going. He's just a wonderful man of God, loved the Lord, an evangelist. So he asked to go to lunch with me. Him and I went to lunch. And as he was just talking about things of life, I just, I literally, this, is, this has never happened to me before, but I was just sitting there listening to him talk, and it was like the Holy Spirit, God was just, everything he was saying was speaking right to my heart and confirming things. He was so filled with the Lord, it was like God was using him to speak. I did, it was a holy moment. We're sitting there for lunch, and God's just speaking right to my heart, loud and clear. God in our text here is speaking loud and clear. I want to be that person that God speaks through. You see, God will speak to us primarily through the word of God. God will speak to us in a still, small voice. But other times, God will speak to us through other people, if you listen. If they're people that are consecrated, their lives are surrendered to Jesus Christ, God wants to use us to speak. You see, the Holy Spirit lives in us. And the Holy Spirit 
desires to communicate truth. The Holy Spirit is known as the spirit of truth. The voice of God is in our text, speaking loud and clear. Mega, is he speaking to you? I pray he speaks to all of us, amen? Well, the first angel poured his bowl upon the earth, and a foul and loathsome sore came upon the men who had the mark of the beast and those who worshiped his image. So here's, here's your first bold judgment is poured out. We talked about this before. Those that, uh, they weren't here before. I just want to say these bowls were, are, were more like a saucer, very shallow bowls. The judgments will go f- quickly. Some believe that within a short period of time, maybe within a month or two, all of these are going to hit one after another real fast. So this first one pours out and there's these foul and loathsome sores upon these men. The, the, the wording here, these sores are, are probably ulcers, open ulcers and boils. They're very painful. They're incurable. They cause, some even believe with the wording, it could very be the very offensive smell to these, these sores that they have. So, I mean, think about it. Not only are they in severe pain, it's not curable, but they even smell. And it's just, and that's, I think of that's what sin does. Sin is incurable without Jesus Christ. Sin is painful. If you're practicing sin, it's going to cause pain to you. It's going to cause pain to everyone around you. It's painful, and it stinks. Notice it's those that follow the Antichrist. It's not in anybody else. It's just those that receive the mark of the beast, those who rebel against God. This will be a true health pandemic with no cure, and it'll be worldwide. It is coming to this earth You do not want to be here. You can escape it. The powers of the Antichrist and all the signs and wonders, he will not be able to heal those. Why? He's a false prophet. He's not the real prophet. He has limited power. People will go to the hospital to, to, for cures, and there won't be a cure. And the doctors, that they, those that have the mark of the beast, they're going to be filled with these boils. Nobody's going to be able to cure any of this. I think we had a little foretaste of things to come here on this earth already. It's just a foretaste. It's going to get worse. Interesting, in commentaries that I've read, they believe that maybe these sores are caused by the mark itself. Older commentaries even I've read, this is possibly caused by a DNA manipulation gone bad. Some suggest it could be caused by a nuclear fallout. If there's a massive nuclear war throughout the world, that would cause sores like this. Some suggest maybe it's a microchip because you can't buy or sell without the mark on your right hand or your forehead, and maybe it's a malfunction of the, the microchip. We're just speculating. Guys, we're not going to know. We're not going to be here. So we, you know, it's going to happen. What exactly is going to happen? We don't know. What do we know for sure? They will have very painful sores on their body, and it won't be curable, and they will be in severe pain. To bring balance to this, I want to remind you, God provide warning after warning after warning for every one of these that are being judged. Every one of them heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. Remember, we, we looked at the everlasting gospel. We had the three angels flying around the earth, making sure everybody hears the gospel, telling them, don't take the mark, repent, turn to God. Everyone had a chance to repent. Warning after warning. There was the 144,000 uh, witnesses that would have shared with them. You had the two prophets. We've already looked at that. The two witnesses that were here on the earth. They had every chance to repent. God gave them every chance. They didn't take heed to the warning. If for application for us as believers, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, can I just use this as an application to say, when God warns you of something, take heed to the warning. When he provides an escape, run to the escape. God will provide an escape for every one of us. He wants us to escape. 
judgment. We're not going to be here for the judgment, but God doesn't want the sin in our lives to create problems in our lives. Even as a believer, sin can cause problems in your life. That's why God will warn you, don't do that. I remember one time somebody left me a voicemail and they just, it was a terrible voicemail. It was just like, you know, accusing me of this and that and they're upset at me and this and this and it was not even, wasn't even close to being truthful and they just were misunderstood and so they're, they're just going off and I, I couldn't wait to get on the phone. I picked up my phone. I'm like, I'm going to call this person and I'm going to give them a piece of my mind, you know, and not a good thing to do. So um, <laughs> I'm dialing my phone and I was like, Ding, ding, and then it dropped the, the call. I'm like, no, 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 I'm going to call. And I tried dialing it again, and it dropped the call again. I'm thinking, I think this is an escape. <laughs> so I called it again. No, no, I didn't call it again. No, no, no. <laughs> I stopped. And I realized that if I would have continued and got a hold of that person, I would probably have said things that I wish I never would have said. So that warning that had escaped was, no, stop, pray, seek me. And that's what I did. I I prayed, I I sought the Lord and got peace. And then I was able to talk to the person and say, you're wrong. No, no, no. (laughs) Put in peace and love, you know. It was like, no, this is wrong. You're misinformed. This is what happened. And no big deal. Yeah, yeah. I forgive you. Yeah, no, no. (laughs) But, But it's that, the ability to be able to, to take heed when God gives you warnings. Don't press on. Don't try to go forward in something that God's warning you to stop with. God will give you a warning. God will give you an escape. He wants to give you an escape. Another story that comes to mind with this, and we'll go forward here, but you know, I've heard this one person would, would always make excuses for something that they would do wrong or whatever. He'd come up late all the time and and all, and he would call it spiritual warfare. And it's like, so one time, a friend of mine said that he, this guy said that, you know, he was real late for a meeting. He goes, oh, I'm sorry, you know, spiritual warfare. He goes, what, do you mean, what happened? He goes, I ran out of gas. He goes, uh, do you have a gas gauge? He goes, yeah, does it work okay? Yeah, and is there even a light on there? Yeah, there's a light. Does the light blink? Well, I don't know if it blinks, but it's like, that's not spiritual warfare. You, you, you had warnings, stop and get fuel. <laughs> You're blaming the devil for that? <laughs> no. In the same way, what God will do with us, there'll be warning signs. He'll, he'll show us, don't stop. Don't do that. Go the other way. Go where I call you to go. Don't venture down that road. That's not of me. Paul the Apostle tells us in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, no temptation is overtaking you except such as, that is what? common to man. In other words, we all deal with temptation. We all deal with these things. It's common to man. But who is faithful? Isn't that wonderful? God is faithful. If you seek him, he'll be faithful to you to help you with this. And what is he going to be faithful to do? Who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able you hear some people say, oh, Pastor, you don't realize it's just so bad. It's just so overwhelming. It's just so much. It's just so terrible. And this is, well, God says that he won't give you too much here beyond what you can handle with temptation. But with the temptation, we'll also make the way of what? Can we say that? Escape. Escape that you may be able to bear it. Bear it. God will always provide an escape. Can I tell you, please, with all love and all the way, any, the best way I can, run. When he gives you an escape, run. I've done both ways. It never works out good when I don't take the escape. If he opens the door and says, this, this is your way out, 
Don't try to second guess it. Don't wait five or 10 minutes. Don't wait another hour. Run for that escape because God provided it for you to get out of that. Take heed to the warnings. These people in this text did not take heed to the warnings and they're suffering the consequences. Even as believers, if we don't take heed to the warning, we can suffer the consequences. Yes, we're forgiven, but there's still consequences for sin, amen? Amen. And the second angel poured out his bowl on on the sea and it became blood as of a dead man and every living creature in the sea died. Wow. So the second bowl will pollute the oceans around the world and kill all sea life. Remember in the book of Revelation, when we were in chapter eight, remember with the trumpet judgments, a third of the sea became blood and a third of the sea was wiped out. Remember that? That was a third. And that's what, when I started the message, I was saying, these are gonna get worse. So I'm sure when a third of the sea was wiped out and it was turned to blood, people were probably thinking it can't get any worse than this. 100% wiped out. All sea creatures are killed. This is God. Can you imagine the stench that that's gonna cause? We'll have whales washing up on the shores, sharks, dolphins, octopus, jellyfish, stingrays, all washed up on the shore. This location will not be a fun location to be at. We're not going to be here, so whoever gets this location, they're going to be... That's it's, it, Beach property, people are going to go inland. They're going to get away from the beach property. Seriously, the stench will be terrible. 70% of the Earth's surface is ocean. Can you imagine 70% all filled with dead sea creatures? But check this out. Do you know that... I've read that a minimum of 70% of the world's oxygen comes from the seas, the oceans, through um, plant life, the marina plants. This is a great source of oxygen that comes from the ocean, but not when all these sea creatures are polluting it. It's pretty scary. Okay, with all that bad news, I want to just shift gears and give you some good news. Did you hear about this? Cal Thomas Mississippi case could help overturn Roe versus Wade. Supreme Court will, yeah, let's give the Lord a hand because that's huge. This fall, the court will hear a case from Mississippi regarding Roe versus Wade. So I ask that you guys would pray because there's a, there's a possibility. Those that I've talked to, there's a possibility they can turn it over because it's a terrible law. It should be demolished. It should be done away with. It's killing babies. Amen. And if you've had an abortion here, I just want to make something very clear. God forgives all sins. All sin is forgivable when you go to the cross. So it's not that. It's, it's the fact that now with science, we know that this, this, these are babies that are being killed day by day. And it's sin, and it's terrible, and it's our country that's doing that. So please pray that this gets uh, overturned here, that Roe versus Wade can be something of the past. Amen. Verse four, let's finish. Then the third angel pours out his bowl on the rivers and the springs of water, and they become, can we say that together? Blood. And I heard the angel of the water saying, you are righteous, O Lord, the one who is and who was and who is to be, because you have judged these things, for they have shed the blood of the saints and the prophets, and you have given them blood to drink, for it is their just due. And I heard another from the altar saying, even so, Lord God Almighty, true and righteous are your judgments. Again, this is a righteous judgment. God turns the fresh water into blood. 
All these kind of, if you think about uh, in Exodus with Pharaoh, the time of Pharaoh, all these things, you know, they, there's parallels here with the, the, the plagues that took place in, when uh, Pharaoh hardened his heart. But here the water becomes blood, and here during the time of tribulation, the tribulation saints will be beheaded for their faith. So most likely, probably millions of innocent people are going to die during the time of tribulation for their faith. And so they killed innocent people. They spilled their blood. And God's saying, you want blood? I'm going to give you blood to drink. The punishment and the judgment fits the crime. And that's what happens. You, do you realize that? Do you, do you ever think of the fact, remember when Pharaoh had all the, the Hebrew babies, uh, baby boys killed? Remember, remember how they had him killed? They put him in the Nile River and drowned them, right? Do you ever think about how Pharaoh died? He drowned him and his army, right? Pharaoh had innocent babies killed because he was worried because the Hebrew people were having so many babies and he knew that they would build up an army eventually. So he had all the, the boys killed. Remember in the Nile River, Moses made it. Why? Because remember it says Moses was beautiful and so they, they, didn't, they didn't put him in the Nile River. But when they did put him in the river, remember what they did? They put him in a little ark. And Pharaoh's, remember that Pharaoh's daughter saw it and says, oh, he's so beautiful. And the sister says, you, you want me to you know, get someone to nurse it for you? And remember that whole story? But it's very interesting. He had the babies, innocent little babies, murdered and drowned. And yet Pharaoh and his whole army were drowned in the Red Sea. That's what happens when you don't turn to God. The judgment and the punishment fits the crime. How about Haman? You know the story of Haman, right? Haman hated Mordecai. Mordecai was a godly man. He was so furious, he had gallows built to have him hung, remember? And how did Haman die? He hung on the gallows that he set up for Mordecai, the innocent person, to die. Interesting, God's economy. That's what we see here. They shed innocent blood. God gives them blood to drink. His judgments fit the crime. No mistake. The Bible says, whatever a man sows, that which shall he also reap. Do not be deceived. I think sometimes we can be self-deceived, thinking, oh, God, he understands. You ever hear somebody tell you, they're living in outright sin, and they'll say, God knows my heart. <laughs> like, that's a, like, they get a pass, like they got a good heart. And obviously, they don't know the Bible, because what does the Bible say about our hearts? <laughs> Desperately wicked above all things, who can know it? We don't even know our own hearts. But that's the common thing when you, you know, I used to say the same thing. I mean, don't, I was the same way when I was in the world doing bad things and I would get confronted with my sin. I'd say, well, God knows my heart. Like that sounds so spiritual. Like I've got a pass. It's like, yeah, your heart's wicked. Turn to the Lord. He wants to cleanse your heart. So don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap what? Everlasting life. Do you realize what we're doing right now? We are sowing to the Spirit. And what we're doing right now lasts for all eternity. Can I encourage you with this text? Keep sowing to the Spirit. Keep seeking first the kingdom of God. Keep looking to Him and keep asking Him to, to show you wonderful things from His Word. And then I just want to add this because I, I was cutting and pasting this. I'm thinking, I can't leave verse 9 out. Because it says, and let us not do what? Go weary while doing what? Doing good. That's what we're called to do. We're called to do good. For in due season you shall do what? Reap. If you do not lose heart. Don't lose heart. God's not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. You put a seed in the ground, an apple seed in the ground, guess what's going to come up? An apple tree. 
You sow to the flesh, you're doing fleshly things, you're going you're gonna to reap corruption. That's just the way it works. But when you spend time with the Lord, you're going to reap good things. There's people in this church that I, I've watched come to Christ and grow in Christ, and, then, and now it's just, just watching them, and it's just like I'm blown away why they keep sowing to the Spirit. And you watch them, they're just flourishing. They're beaming, they're growing, they're maturing, they're, they're looking more and more like Jesus Christ. He, they're being changed from glory to greater glory. Why? Because they're choosing to sow to the Spirit and not to the flesh. Do you notice the, it was the angel of the water? The angel of the waters. There's an angel of the waters. But he says, basically, right on, Lord. You're judging righteously. Good job, Lord. Just before the whole COVID thing hit, and as you, most of you know, my wife and I went to Israel. We always go early, a few days, so I can acclimate. I don't travel very well, so that's what we did. And you know the story. We went to Israel. Our whole tour was supposed to come. You were probably some of those that were on the tour. You weren't able to make it because they shut everything down, and we couldn't have you guys come. And, but just before that... My wife was at a clothes store, and I was with her, and just interesting. She brought her, she bought white pants for Israel, so she brought the pants up, you know, to buy these white, you know, jeans or whatever, and she goes to the counter. The, the gentleman behind the counter takes this bag out, and it's crumpled, it's dirty, and it's all, and he starts putting her white pants into this used bag, and she goes, what are you doing? He goes, well, it's our, it's our program. It's to save the trees. And we're just, you know, put, we're reusing people's bags. And, it's like, and she's like, that looks like it came out of the dumpster. And he says, well, we're trying to save the planet. And my wife said something like, God's going to incinerate the planet. <laughs> In the nicest way. She said, you know, we understand that we're to be, you know, clean and to look after. She, understood, she said all that, too. And, but this kid, this guy, this young kid, his eyes went like saucers. He goes, What? And I said, she's right. You know, God is going to wipe out the planet. He's going to do some terrible things. He goes, well, I hope I'm not here. And I says, well, through Jesus Christ, you can escape it. Then he thought we were just lost. And he's like looking at us like, okay, you want a new bag? Here, get out of here, you weirdos or something. He's like, here. You know. But it was just, but it's true. God is going to, as we're reading, he's going to destroy this planet. People that are holding so dearly on, God's going to, he's going to destroy some of these things to wake them up. But yet there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. He's going to, for us to live on, one that was never contaminated by Satan himself. Amen? So let's close. His judgment's coming. I pray, I hope, for all of us that are believers, when we read a text like this, when we look at a study like this as believers, it encourages us to live for eternity. I know it does for me. And I want to encourage you. Live for eternity. So does the Spirit. If you're here today and you've not accepted Jesus Christ and you're searching, today is the day of salvation. You do not want to be here during this time of tribulation. You can pray as hard as you want. You're not going to stop all this from happening. God doesn't have an eraser because he never makes a mistake. This is a righteous judgment against a Christ-rejected world that you don't want to be a part of. Only through Jesus Christ can you escape it. Today, today is your day of salvation. Today. Hear his voice. He's speaking to you. He loves you. He loves you so much. He sent his son to take your penalty, to take the wrath, because we have a very, very righteous, good judge, God the Father, and he must punish sin. So Jesus Christ took your punishment, and you can receive him today. Today is the day of salvation. Hear his voice. Hear him speak to you. He doesn't want anyone to perish. He doesn't want anyone to go through this. But being such a good and just judge, 
The wickedness of this world will be judged. Those that are vile, those that are evil, those that reject and rebel against him, they will be punished because he is a just God. Hi, this is Pastor Joe, and I'd like to take a moment to personally invite you to one of our three services here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor in Huntington Beach. Our service times are 9 a.m., 10.45 a.m., and 12.30 p.m. Please come and say hi after the service. I would love to meet you. For more information, check out our website at ccoth.com. That's ccoth.com. Hopefully, we'll see you here later today. God bless you. You have been listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick, an outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Now, may we continue to go to his throne of mercy as he changes us from glory to glory.